Gabriel intervened into Mary's context and told her that she was going to give birth to a son. Now, the ramifications are many. She was only engaged. The culture said that a situation like that could result in her being stoned to death. She also is processing the fact that this would take some type of supernatural activity. She didn't understand it. She even says to the angels, so so how is this going to happen? How can this be? The angel said, by the Holy Spirit. Speaking of that God was in control and God would do his work. He then talked about Elizabeth, and then Mary began to speak again. And what she said is our focus today. Luke chapter 1, verse 46, it'll come on the screen. It's not a lot, but it says so much. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. I've just told you what she had been told. The information, the news she had been given. And now here she responds. And it is to out of her soul, praise the Lord. Other versions say that Mary magnified the Lord. She worshipped. She magnified him. I wonder, can I magnify the Lord when confronted with such great opportunity and at the same time impossibility? I wonder, can I have that response when in my context I've got a very difficult challenge and yet this sense of purpose? On the one side... It's in the time of Herod the Great, which was hopeless. The time of Caesar Augustus, which was oppressive. And a virgin is supposed to give birth, which is impossible. So when you have hopelessness, oppression, and impossibility on one side, and on the other side, the promise of God... Can you come in the middle and say, my soul praises the Lord? Such a challenge, such a, I think, defining moment for all of us in the story. When you think about the story, the emotions of it as we now reflect on it are joy, peace, and hope. The songs of Christmas, from joy to the world, to silent night, all is calm, all is bright. It was anything but calm when Mary was getting this message. It was anything but calm when there was a tax that was causing everyone to come back to their hometown to register. It was anything but bright and shining. No, it was... The night where hope and fear were meeting. 
And when hope and fear are meeting in our thoughts, can we rise in worship so that the hope can be the dominant leading of our heart? In the song Silent Night, it talks about the shepherds quaking. And the reason is because the angels intervened and like manifested in their world. And I want to tell you, if suddenly angels appear, it's quite an amazing moment. It's like heaven coming to earth. In their world, the natural and the supernatural lines were blurred. They merged. The Celtic Christians had a way of describing when the presence of God would be so strong in their life that it seemed the curtain had been rolled back between the natural and the supernatural. They called it the thin place. Where they really couldn't tell the difference. There was just such a manifest presence of God's glory. With that thought, our minds raced to Elisha's servant who had on the one side of his thought process, there's an enemy, the enemy has surrounded us, and there's no way out of this situation. So it's impossible. But then Elisha prays for his servant, and the eyes of his heart were opened, and now he has the supernatural and the natural merge, and he sees that there were more for him than those who were against him. And so hope rose on the one side, a very real challenge, but yet a greater hope, a greater reality that God was obviously in control. Mary, you're going to give birth to a baby, but I'm a virgin, but God is in control, the greater reality. It's Isaiah who's in the temple on the Lord's day and his heart is grieving because the king had died. It is the emotion of grief that he's going through, but it is in that moment, in that context, the presence of God filled that temple. Isaiah lifted up his eyes and he saw the Lord high and lifted up. He saw a greater reality that even though he was grieving, God was still on the throne. Into this, let's bring our own life. Where at many times, if not at all times, on the one hand, there's a challenge. And on the other hand, there's a great prospect. On the one hand, there is something that seems to be exacting about all that we can give. While on the other, there's a sense of energy and purpose. There's a greater reality. We're grieving, but yet there's hope. We're struggling, but yet we're not struck down. We feel weakness, and at the same time, we feel strength. It seems we have nothing, and yet it seems we have everything. So there's like the presence of two realities. We're seeing two things at once. And I have one simple challenge. One simple insight today. 
What I find that helps me to attach my faith to the promise of God so that the greater reality can bring the joy, peace, and hope is worship. When the two merge, and I know that I have a real challenge, but I have a God who's greater than the challenge. The intersection of my faith and that promise of God most often meet in the context of worship. Mary is presented with this impossibility. But yet this opportunity to give birth to the Redeemer of the world. And what intersected her faith with the promise in the face of impossibility was worship. My soul does praise the Lord. It's a willful choice. I could spend my time emoting and processing the challenge. Or I can choose to worship. Until something begins to happen in my soul. Until even my statement of faith is one that's contrary to the circumstance. But yet it is stated With confidence. As Mary said. Be it Lord. As you have said. So be it. So may it be. I believe today. There are many of us in this room. That need to be able. To make our exit from this room. With the declaration of. So may it be. As the Lord has said. The joy, the peace, the comfort, the counsel, the blessing, the help, the strength that comes in the provision of the Lord, that comes as attached to the promise of God that is spoken to your life. So may that be. Needs to be our faith declaration. And what moves us to that place is to choose to worship in the face of uncertainty, and impossibility. Mary not knowing how this story would unfold. Just a teenager yet pondered in her heart these things and she worshipped. And for the next nine months things grew worse to the point When she's great with child, she has to go back to her hometown. She has to travel. She's great with child. She travels on a donkey, 120 miles. And I want to tell you, when you've received the promise and you're holding to the promise and things get harder... It's even more challenging to hold to the promise. And what keeps you 
holding to the promise when things get harder, when it seems even more impossible, is worship. Where you keep reorienting your heart to the greatness of God and the power of God rather than the size or the strength of the challenge. My soul magnifies the Lord. Read some interesting stories that came out of a situation that I found so intriguing. I'm going to show it to you. It happened in a Macy's in Philadelphia. Now let me set the context. It's a multi-level Macy's. It's Christmas shopping season. They have this magnificent instrument, this organ, one of the top levels. This person is going to start playing the organ. But what the people, the shoppers, don't know that day is that the opera company of Philadelphia, all of the choir, they have filled the Macy's in plain clothes among the shoppers. And when this musician begins to play, those choir members all throughout Macy's, in harmony, are going to start belting out the hallelujah chorus. And watch what happens. And the stories that came out of that are these everyday shoppers who said Macy's was turned into a sanctuary of worship. And they found themselves feeling hope, joy, and peace. In the midst of the rush, the pressure, the challenges of life, into the mainstream, they created a scenario of worship and it changed attitudes, it changed perspectives because that is the power of Almighty God when He can gather our focus and nothing gathers our focus to God like worship, adoration, when we willfully choose to praise God no matter what else is going on in our life. 
Mary said, and can we go back to the key verse? Here's her choice. Her response to what was impossible in the natural. Think of the fear because she may be stoned to death when the news gets out. Her husband engaged to her may leave her. He's going he's to think about it. In the face of all of that, not knowing that years later we'd be singing Silent Night, all is calm and all is bright, and the first Noel, and it's just peace. See, all of our emotions are in hindsight because we see the end of the story. Our worship is knowing that the baby was born of a virgin and the Redeemer did come. Her worship was before the answer, was before even how God would work it out. And somehow you're in a spot today and you don't know just how it's going to work out. Will you choose to worship and find that in worship, the intersection of your faith attaching to the promise of God occurs and you're led by that promise and not by the circumstance. And you see the promise fulfilled. You see the promise become reality. And you live today in that reality even though it hasn't happened. So that what you start thinking and saying lines up with the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And that is being a people of faith. That is worship. Why don't we clap our hands and worship to God right now? No matter what, God is able. I want to ask the worship team to come. And we're not going to be in a hurry. We're going to sing and adore God. And I'm going to ask you to choose to worship. I'm going to ask you to make that willful choice and let the Holy Spirit create a thin place where the natural and the supernatural merge to where you sense His presence in such a powerful way that the statement of your faith can be so strong that you live now as though it's then. Pastor Mark, will you lead us? Congregation, let's sing, Oh, come, let us adore him. Let's sing it with all of our heart. Would you sing it today? Oh, come, let us adore All across this place, would you sing? Oh, come, let us
I want to do is encourage people who are facing some real challenges. Just as sure as David faced a giant, you're facing something. And in the natural, you don't know how it's all going to play out. Matter of fact, in the natural, the odds are stacked against you. But you know that in your spirit, there is a promise. And that is a promise of God. And you're going to choose to lift up your eyes to the one who gives you help. You're going to choose to worship and allow an intersection of your faith and that promise to merge. And you're just going to say, by my standing and worshiping, I'm giving this to God. And I'm saying, Lord, may it be as you have said. Not as the circumstance has said. Not even what I've said to myself or what others have said. But Lord, may it be as you have said. God, I'm going to put my trust in you. I'm going to reaffirm that trust. Some of you need the freedom of this experience. You need the fresh joy that comes when you once again choose to trust God. You need the peace that comes when you choose to give it to God. You do that in the context of worship. You just begin to magnify Him. It's been a while since you've expanded your thoughts about who God is. You've been so focused on the challenge. Give it to God. Let God have His way today. Let in the context of worship... A miracle happened. I felt early this morning that this was a word for us today. And so you respond. As we sing this again, if you say, you know what? I need to do that. Stand wherever you are with hands lifted high and experience the presence of the Lord and the promise of God. Stand as we sing it again.